Welcome to On the Couch with Dr. Carmen. We're going to be talking about whether or not you are eating your feelings. Why is that important? Why should you care? Well, if you are on a weight loss or fat loss journey, then you need to know whether or not you are eating your feelings or whether or not you are an emotional eater. Many clients that I have who come from me to me for health coaching or as part of the bariatric program have issues with emotional eating or have developed bad habits of self-soothing through emotional eating. So here's some things to ask yourself to find out whether or not you are an emotional eater. Do you eat more when you're feeling stressed? I'll raise my hand my own self. Um, it is an easy go-to for me to eat rather than use some other coping, healthier coping mechanisms to deal with stress. Um, do you eat when you're not hungry or when you're full? A good way to know this is, did you eat 30 minutes before you decided that you were hungry or that you needed to go and get a snack? Um, was it an hour ago? Was it four or five hours ago? I understand if you're on a six meal a day program and you're eating every three hours, that's reasonable. But if it's 30 to 60 minutes, then you're not really hungry and you should be full unless you ate empty calories. Do you eat to feel better, to calm yourself down or to soothe yourself when you're sad, mad, bored, anxious, or any of those types of feelings? Do you reward yourself with food? So you had a great day at the office, you closed a great account, or you dropped a size in dresses or pants. Are you going to celebrate by going out to eat? Do you regularly eat until you're stuffed? Does, your, does food make you feel safe? I also encounter many clients who have this safety issue. Food makes them feel safe. Food has been their best friend, um, mother, grandmother, aunt, uncle, whoever has always uh, tried to make them feel good by giving them extras, extra sweets, extra bread, all the things. Do you feel like food is your friend? Um, do you feel powerless or out of control around food? If you answered any, yes to any of those questions, you probably are an emotional eater or are using food in unhealthy ways to cope with many things that bring about distressing emotions, even including happy emotions and celebrating. So I will include these in the liner notes later, so you can ask yourself this again if it went by too fast for you to get. Um, so what happens when you are an emotional eater? Something triggers you, something happens that upsets you, you feel an urge to eat. You're going to go dive in for all the foods in the pantry, all the foods in the cabinet, and then you eat more than you should. Oh, I'm just going to have that one cookie. Oh, I'm just going to have, you know, a handful of nuts or, you know, a handful of chips. And next thing you know, you've eaten the whole bag of cookies, the whole bag of chips or the whole pie or the whole pizza. Then you feel guilty and powerless over food and you feel bad. And we start to cycle all over again. So that is the emotional eating cycle. 
Um, emotional hunger will never be satisfied with food because you're feeding your feelings. You're eating or stuffing your feelings. It feels good in the moment, but then you have a lot more negative things associated it once you finish the act of eating. Um, that is a pure definition of unhealthy coping. Unhealthy coping creates more problems than it solves. Um, so you feel triggered and you've eaten. Now you feel bad and you're like, I can't do this. So I'll start my eating plan tomorrow, or I won't go to the meeting with the dietitian. I won't go to the meeting with the nurse because I messed up. I screwed up. Um, the difference between emotional and physical hunger you have to be able to feel physical hunger. If you've been overweight 50 plus pounds for several years, you may have lost the ability to feel hunger and also appreciate when you are satiated or when you are full. It's going to take some readjustment and habit training to learn to distinguish between the emotional hunger and the physical hunger. Um, so, Emotional hunger can be a very strong thing for most people. Physical hunger is kind of that gnawing in your stomach. For some of you, you may feel a little lightheaded or dizzy. Um, you may feel a little weak with, with it causing fluctuations in your blood sugars. Um, mm. With emotional hunger, you usually crave a specific food. Again, Speaking for myself, you may have different cravings. I mean, I was looking at Oprah and Adele last night. Neither of them are sweet, have a sweet tooth. I have a sweet tooth. So if I were to do that, I would be craving sugary foods. I would be craving bread. I love carbs. Um, that would be my thing. Some people might be craving salty food. Whatever it is that you're craving, it's usually junk food or sugar to give you an instant rush. There is actually um, evidence for the fact that it lights up parts of your brain, the same parts of your brain that are lit up when you have an addiction to a substance or alcohol. Um, physical hunger isn't like that. Um, physical hunger isn't, you know, likely to cause you to rush out and get stuff based on your cravings. It's not going to cause you to overeat. It's not going to cause you to not feel full when you're done, you know, because you're still looking for the thing to make it better when what we need to do is change the feeling to make it better, not eat the food. So um, physical hunger starts gradually. Physical hunger can wait. So if you get a glass of water, eight ounces of water, you drink it and that might hold off your physical hunger for a while. Physical hunger also stops when you are full. Um, eating to satisfy physical hunger doesn't make you feel bad about yourself. So those are the differences. Um, working with someone like myself, a psychologist, a therapist, will help you distinguish between your emotional triggers and your physical hunger. Um, can help you, again, like I said, find healthier ways of coping with distressing emotions, with stress itself, with sadness, with anxiety, with not feeling safe, with, uh, you know, a lot of negative feelings. So you can find better ways to flip the script on those feelings instead of stuffing them. Um, if it's a boredom feeling, 
we can find activities for you to do to break the boredom and not have the extra food in your immediate eyesight that will make you more likely to indulge in cravings. So social influences, um, I also like to call these environmental cues because there's environmental cues where at that time of the year where people celebrate with a lot of food and, and, you know, there's the food pushers at the holiday celebrations. You may come from a culture where it's important that you eat. Um, there are many um, Middle Eastern cultures, African-American cultures, Spanish culture, Italian cultures, where you have to eat and it's more like a, a, an affront or um, being negative to the people that cook the food, prepare the food, that you don't want to have the food or you have to eat differently. It can be very, very difficult. But if you have control of the environment, one, try to bring something that you can eat that is on your eating plan. And two, in your home environment, try to eliminate things in your home environment that are cueing you to eat or causing you to reach for the junk food and the sugary foods. Um, so if you're going out to a restaurant, same thing. Know the menu beforehand. Know what you're going to order so you don't have to expose yourself to the temptation of ordering something else off the menu because everybody else is not eating on the same eating plan. So learn the patterns behind your emotional eating, track your food. I know a lot of people don't want to do this and then they can pretend that they ate what they were supposed to eat and the portions they were supposed to eat. But more often than not, if we're tracking, we're more accountable, we're less likely to reach for the thing that we shouldn't or eat more than we should have a thing if we already know that we have eaten what we were uh, planning to eat for that day, what we are agreeing that we're going to eat for that day. I know for myself, things always go left when I don't have enough of my prepared foods in the cupboard or the fridge or enough items to make healthier food or healthier snacks then I'm more likely, or I was at least four years ago, to go through the drive-through, to order fast food, um, and to eat emotionally. So I hope that these tips have been helpful. Um, if you are feeling sad and lonely, reach out to somebody in your support group, to your therapist, in your bariatric group, and talk to somebody. Um, have them tell you a joke. Do something um active, get out and walk, get outside, change the scenery. If you're anxious, again, move around a little bit more because you got to get rid of that adrenaline rush that comes with the anxiety. Squeeze a stress ball, um, you know, do something to get rid of that anxious energy. If you're exhausted, try a cup of green tea, Try um, doing some yoga postures that can get you some deeper breathing and oxygen and kind of wake you up. If you're bored, read a book, do some other engaging activity, a puzzle, something to um, get you involved and keep your mind off of food. So that's 
what is commonly called emotional eating or eating your feelings. These are some suggestions about how to recognize if you're an emotional eater and what you can do to counter that so that you don't give in to emotional eating and so that you can acknowledge, flip the script and deal with the underlying emotions instead of stuffing them with food or suppressing them with food or distracting yourself with food. A lot of people numb out, mindfully numb out by eating, um, dissociate by eating because they're more immersed in the food and the food, the sensations that it gives you. So let's find some healthier ways of coping with those emotions. Let's find some healthier ways of celebrating removing environmental cues or social cues that could cause you to be more of an emotional eater. I hope this helps. If you want more tips like this, please um, drop me some messages in my inbox or put it in the comments. If you're catching me on other social media, um, I'd love to get back to you. I'd love to hear what some of your struggles are um, and help you come up with ways on here um, in the podcast or on other social media for you to manage it appropriately. So again, be well, stick to your plan and take care of yourself. This has been another episode of On the Couch with Dr. Carmen. Thank you for spending time with me. Please leave some messages about your favorite points of the podcast and any topics you would like me to cover in the future.